Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. We've got a really great conversation for here you this morning about the idea of being busy. I think we've all said that before in our lives many, many times. Hey, I'm just too busy. I'm not going to make it. I'm really busy. I'm running late. I'm way too busy. I can't get that done. How many times have we said that? I know I've said it thousands of times to people. Maybe even hundreds of thousands of times. I'm not sure. The idea of this conversation, what we get to in this podcast is, are you really being productive with your time? And can your unproductivity actually lead you to being busy all the time? So if you're busy, are you busy because you're managing your time maybe a little bit poorly compared to where you want to be managing it? Or are you actually just taking more and more on as you unlock more of your time because you're very productive? So while that may have sounded a little bit confusing, (laughs) I am still really, really excited to hear what you all get from listening to this podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Dude, I, uh, I think Justin's definitely gonna beat your record. I think you're gonna get both your records broken simultaneously this year, Emmer. I don't mind it. As long as long as long as you beat Mac. If you fail to beat Mac Mac Mercy. Hey, hey, hey. Look at this guys. Look who's number one now. Yeah, but no, but did he put his stats in? No, he sent me a snap saying he's gonna wait till tonight. Doesn't work. Dude, but like I will be ahead of him for sure. It's just a matter of production. Like I'm gonna sell five twenty, there's no question. It's just a matter of can he produce more than five twenty and sell five twenty. 527. Can yeah. you can you produce more than Wait, no, we did we we said 520. No, it was 530. Yeah. Well, I I actually did this in my max meeting with Pat. We plugged into a uh calculator. Yeah, hold on. Inflation for this year you got to use at least 4%. No, I know, but the calculator like uh I know, I but calcul- dude, the calcul- dude, that's the government of Canada website. Fuck. Like they're suspect. Come on, Austin. What? You don't have what it takes to do 10K no, just, more? You sound so disempowered I, over 520. 10, no, Austin, here's the thing. 520, and it's like, it's close. Like, we're going to have to, t- like, we're gonna have to like, do the math. And, you know, 530 for <laughs> Dude, sure. Yeah, no, 530, no, no, no. There's you a got recording it. recording of you saying, uh, oh, 515, doing the same thing, but having 520 be the upper. No, I don't, I don't think that was nah. the case. I think, oh, no, no, I, dude. I, nah. no, no, I'm willing, hold on. I, I'm willing, like, if I was, if I'm wrong, like, I'm willing to, like, we can li- re listen to it, but I'm almost certain I said 520 is, like, probably the record, but 530 is, like, you know, 
like like for okay, sure. You like, guys I'm are just gonna this, fuck yeah. pretty soon. I'm gonna end up doing a million here. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be like, dude, six twenty, man. Like, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta subtract serve, and you know, you gotta do. It yeah, is yeah, true, like, inflation will be fucked. Yeah. So I do. Like, didn't your too. economics professor say at least ten percent the global? So I mean, we're yeah, up exactly. to at least five fifty. Now five fifty, you know, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but oh, and so you think you can produce the? But you're wondering if well, um, so max goal can. is seven hundred, and mine is five. Well, now it's five thirty for fuck's sake. So I'm gonna have to go in and change it. You do understand what this means. You need to produce a hundred thousand dollars every month from now till October. Yeah, no, I know. I did the math on that. Mm. That's fat. Yeah, man. And but I also have uh, fucking. Whatever it is here. Uh, I have to produce some scary number. 578 as a DM right now. Mm. So uh, that obviously doesn't count, but that's kind of like, that's something that I have that Mac doesn't. However, we aren't competing on that. Yeah. You know, you know what's I funny? Will. I looked at myself in, in, uh, in StudentWorks context just to kind of get an idea of where I am. Um, and right now my business is at seventy thousand in, in revenue. And as yeah. a D as a DM, as I'm DMing all these guys, we're at like yeah, fourteen yeah. million. So yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should you should have a little like they should they should uh, somehow no, patch no, your stats arc, into this. Just the trade arc stats. <laughs> I don't know. We hit thirty eight customers though, which is insane. I'm so excited about. But yeah. That's insane, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you can't, like, your structure, I mean, it's not unfortunate, but if you were to get a percentage, even a small, minute percentage of their business. Uh, that that might be the next program. The next program we're going to charge a hefty dollar for, and we're going to take commission because we're going to work more closely. Uh, we're yeah, going to take um, a percentage. Some, yeah, like Anthony Robbins does that. Let's actually just press record so we can capture this conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping this in. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to keep this in in the edit. But um, I thought about this a lot, but it, it's uh, it just becomes I don't know if we're if 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 I'm taking a percentage of the people that I consult with, then I have to be the mecca of all financial transactions. So that means uh, no. What you would do is just do um, you could just do it off growth. Oh, I see. Okay, but like then yeah, so you wouldn't do it off revenue. You would do it off uh, off growth. And you wouldn't need to be the mecca of, uh, of um, like if you're doing like if you're like if you're doing a business where you're going to be taking percentage off growth, probably all these businesses are going to be doing over a million. And any business that's doing over a million is probably incorporated. And if it's incorporated, they're having their proper accounting done. Then you can just like just have it in your like, contract that that you that you get yeah. you, you get the audited yeah yeah financial reports yeah. You know how student works DM compensation is front loaded. Yours could just be backloaded yeah. for their differential. Like you could, you could make zero percent on their average revenue of the past five years or mm. something, because mm. you could assume that they already have that ability. And mm. then, yeah, that would actually be pretty interesting as or a business owner. Do... I would actually sign up for that, right? Like if I was struggling and went, okay, well, I'm gonna make my normal profit on what I know I can bring in. I'm just gonna have to pay this guy a small percentage of the difference on yeah. the new profit. That would actually. Be I, I would recommend uh, like an installment where it's like there's a monthly fee they pay, and then at the end of the year, it's kind of like you know, like it's however much they owe you minus that amount that yeah. they've already paid. Oh, that's interesting. I think that's, that's probably like safer. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm like maybe three years away from that. Maybe more. Probably. Uh, I think. I think. I think we can get to eight figures with just this one product. Um. And. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I like. I'm pretty confident in that. I think if we nail it. Yeah, I will have to go viral somehow. I'll have to be on the news. I'll have to do something controversial. I'm, for, I'm reading the 48 Laws of Power. I'm, I'm reading The Art of War. And I'm starting to realize... Do you um, have a cult-like personality? I, I have to, I have to like, myth, mythologize myself. I have to actually take my... It's crazy how that is a big thing, mythologizing yourself. Yeah. It have is. Have you read uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by... I have not. I have not. Okay, so that, I think, is actually going to be your Bible for this. Okay, I'll write this down. Really? I've read that, John. Why do you say that? In terms of, like, efficiency hacks or just in terms of the mindset he has to have? Well, he talks about intellectual property in that. Yeah, Yeah, and how it's infinite, you know, it's essentially infinite leverage. And he also talks about uh, uh, ways of of developing... um, expert status and some of the stuff is not as ethical like we've talked about this on the podcast before about how people can pay for harvard speeches and it's not a real harvard but it's like harvard college which is something different right, right. and uh, you know you can pay for forbes things but yeah. you know and a lot of these things are i think people see through them now you know like the, yeah. you know as seen on like people know that ctv just sells the fucking name at this point right so i think a lot of that has lost the touch but I do think that there always will be a new avenue of how to develop expertise status. So at this point, a lot of the, you know, pay for Forbes doesn't really mean as much anymore. Like a lot of these brands have kind of watered, you know, have they've, they've sort of watered, like the ice is already melted into the drink. Okay. So you just need to find the next drink mm-hmm. that people. Okay. Enjoy, I, have a, right? I have a question to you guys. Um, this is, this is uh, a point of contention. That I just love your opinion on. Not really a point of contention. Well, Amber, can I intro the podcast? Or are we just gonna cut me saying this out and just do it? Like we're just. Hey guys, welcome to the weekly call podcast. <laughs> I haven't. Okay, well I, I have. I have Austin. <laughs> I usually here. press record. I have okay, Austin I'm gonna here press in the record. prosperous, prosperous land of Chelsea, Wakefield, Quebec, and we have Amber in Obatokes. Uh, stop! Just stop! Just stop! It's, it's so dead at this point. Hey guys, I'm, I'm from Etobicoke, Ontario. And then we have John in Columbus. This is the world's worst introduction. Welcome to the Weekly Call podcast. We were already in the middle of a conversation that just kind of like should have been on the podcast. So we were debating whether or not we yeah. should reintro it anyway. So, so look, look. Um, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm just. I'm, you know what? I'm just gonna. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I, I need answers here. So there's a domain that I want to purchase. Okay, and I won't say the name of the domain because if I say it and people Google it, its price will go up. So I'm just going to hurt myself. I might cost myself thousands of dollars saying this domain. There's a domain that I want to purchase, okay? And I'll say it in the chat here uh, so that you guys can understand. But it's a pretty damn good domain, and it is available. So hmm. what my thought process is, you know, this domain is going to cost me around 3900 USD. Okay. okay, and I only trade in USD. We have enough money to to purchase it. Um, we have around this much in the bank. So, uh, I'm just debating: it, is it better for me to completely ignore this domain name and just focus on building a product and for the next couple of years mastering my my ads, perfecting my funnel? nailing my sales script 
um, on the things that will actually generate me money? Or should I focus on, on buying this domain so that I can build a brand and a domain name brand? So I'll rebrand. Dome, rebrand domain my, name brand? Yeah, so what do I mean by that is, um, let's say the domain name I'm buying is, is socks.com, okay? And let's say the name of my company is onlywearsocks.com. Socks.com is way better than onlywearsocks.com. Mm-hmm. And if I'm branding my company right now as Trade Arc Consulting, that's a that's a pretty big. So instead, I will just brand it into you know, for example, socks.com. So if I'm doing a video testimonial, it'll, the name of the company is not going to be socks. It's going to be socks.com. And this well, does you, a couple of things. Yeah, what you're saying it is, builds ever, is SEO, you want to brand, brand now based on what your domain name will be forever. That's yeah, so that's my question. Is yeah. it's but like at the same time, if I look back, and the reason I haven't done this, and maybe I'm maybe this might be a quick conversation, be like, yeah, you're right. But from the the people that I've studied, um, specifically like Sam Ovens, his website was so bad. Like I'm talking about so bad. Like it was like four pages. It was the ugliest website I've ever seen. And he had it the same website with an ugly domain name for three years, where he did seventeen million dollars on just that ugly domain name because his no was world. consulting.com right no th- no he was something else. he was samovens.com before oh, it was way wow. worse oh, wow, he bought wow. he bought consulting.com for half a million dollars 3 years he bought it only after he did 20 million so i'm just thinking okay. here based on this tim ferris that you brought up is it actually worthwhile to spend the 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 3900 dollars on buying this domain name or is that money better allocated on testing ads and driving sales into my business. We'll go round table, Austin, go ahead. Okay, uh, if I were to try to contextualize this from experience, I would never buy a piece of equipment or like anything for my business if if it was going to take up, I would say more than I'd say like one to three percent of, of what we have on, on hand for, uh, for, for cash supply. But that's also a very sweeping statement because it depends what the return on that is. Um, put it this way, like (laughs) when I went and bought a $3,000 paint sprayer, uh, I didn't have very much money. It was actually kind of a similar scenario, Amber, like in terms of the ratio that you're working with of like money on hand but like it was just so useful to go and like market the fact that we do that now do our first three homes and now people know us as being able to spray houses and that was just like we were in a different market so i can see that and like if people actually you're gonna start knowing you as like a different name that's a lot more name but yeah well it's not a different name but it's a different um handle hammer yeah exactly so i would say if you I, I don't know. I can see it being useful, but at the same time, like if you think there's any risk at all that you were to ever change your name or or pivot this service at all, I, I, I unless you're 100 percent sure of that, I would say that no. I would say don't buy it. Don't buy it. Okay. Cool. John, what is your current domain name? Uh, it's. It's TradeArcConsulting.com. So that's them side by side. 
So you can just take a visual look at it. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that it's really going to make a difference in the next year or two? Not a big one, no. This is like a 10-year decision. Like this, I, th- I think this, the effects of this can be seen over many years. But, yeah. Do, do you think that the percentage... Like the percentage of 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 your working capital, like being allocated to a website that, you know, like it, it doesn't it seem like because you're getting fabulous returns by investing money right now currently into. Oh, I see. Right. Do you think that you would get a similar return by buying the website? That's the impossible question because I I don't know that answer. Maybe having this website domain name makes my my brand more brandable, more marketable, easier to remember. I can the, the logo will be definitely easier to, to create. I can staple it everywhere, and it wouldn't look you know too. So I don't know what the effects of that are. I don't know. Maybe it makes it so that if somebody's thinking of me, it comes up easier because sure as hell, Amr Abu Shakra is not easy to remember, right? Maybe it is. I don't know. Definitely not a John Smith, but or a Grant Cardone. Like these are very easy. Maybe I'm making up a story here. I don't know. Ultimately, do you really think it matters? I mean, most people aren't finding you through your website currently. They're finding you through your advertisements, and yeah. so no, yeah. So you know, it doesn't really seem like it's the best use of your funds. But then again, I to be honest, I don't. I don't really have that much knowledge in your space but it does seem like, i don't think you need knowledge it, in the space i think that's it why seems like a up. very it seems like an extremely low priority at this point yeah, i mean that's, that's yeah. the conclusion okay i, yeah. I like, want to i think thank you. we'll put it put it this way you know a website like it, it'll improve your marketing but only only based on the scope of your marketing so if you're advertising to like one person per week your website doesn't really make it, the name doesn't really make a difference but if you're advertising to millions of people a week then all of a sudden you're, you're average you know it does matter more billions, the past four months the past four months no the past three and a half months we advertised to 2.1 million people yeah but not your website though like because um like yeah. like that's how many people have seen your facebook ads but the amount of people that actually then go and look up your website and they see consulting you know dot com probably like a things. thousand people yeah not as many right so it's it's it, it seems like it's such a low like you're spending you know a pretty you know reasonable percentage of at least of your business's operating capital on something that is only going to affect such a small portion of your of your target base so it doesn't really seem like the best use of your funds but you know yeah. i mean and, and the other thing to consider too is that um you know your business is so young that you may like if you know if you spend this money now i mean you, you are i mean one of the one of the downsides to buying it is that you might actually now develop more of an emotional attachment to your current name and who knows maybe your current name's not very good and that's and that's mm-hmm. an externality of buying this website is that you're going to have a sunk cost you know aspect to it so it seems like the current website is marginally worse than the other website, but you do have the added benefit that you could pivot very easily, right? There is one domain name that I think, like, if I had the capital for, I would just purchase instantly. Well, so that and would, pro- yeah. So, so Ammer, I'm gonna say right now, just based on what you just, just so everyone knows, Ammer's texting or not texting, but like messaging these things. Definitely save up for that. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what that the one's cost also is. for sale, Ammer. It is. It's for fifty thousand. Yeah. So if you can save up Dude, for that yeah. one, when that becomes a small that, expense, that I would, would be. Yeah. 
and, and uh, to be honest, I'm actually shocked that's only 50,000. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Well, it's like, unlisted. So, like, it's unlisted. I got it, I got it professionally appraised, so I have like a North Star to shoot for. And yeah. it was appraised for fifty US dollars, fifty thousand yeah, US dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but so point being, that would be, you know, that would be the one to go after for sure. Yeah. In the like second one, word one though, Amber, you would have to change your your name then a little bit. Right? Oh, I would have to rebrand all the slides, all the ads. My yeah, funnel yeah. would have to but change. But it would a bit. be maybe worth it, yeah, or a hundred percent. That'd be it. pretty baller to have, right? So, but very memorable. Yeah, anyways, we're speaking a bit in code because I don't want to increase yeah. the value of these, yeah. of these things. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's a damn... Yeah, you can just judge by our reactions. That doesn't actually matter what, what names I'm showing here. Just um, the decision-making process that's going behind it. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Austin, you said uh, you said you had something that was, uh, that was going on that you wanted to share. Yeah, well, I just wanted to bring this up and kind of see what you guys thought about it. Um, so I was thinking about this, uh, idea, we've talked about this a lot before, maybe even a few months ago, this idea of time debt and how we spoke about time debt, I would say like maybe three or four months ago. And the concept of time debt being that if you sit down and plan out your week and you have things that you know you need to get done, let's say on Tuesday, and you don't get those things done on Tuesday. Um, when you're in a leadership position or when you're managing a team or whenever these things arise that you don't get done on uh, when you should get them done, there's this idea of that item being tagged with interest. So now it's on your to-do list for the following day and that's added to the next day. And there's obviously a small cost of not getting it done exactly as though it was meant to be done or when it was meant to be done. So there's this idea of treating time like it's money and and actually calculating the subsequent debt on that, right? So just to kind of catch people up on that. <clears throat> but it's also, it's a little bit deeper than that, I've realized, because um, there's a lot of things that I'm doing that I even have to catch myself saying, oh, I... I'm saying to myself, oh, I wish I had more time. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. And this kind of also made me think back to the three-week hiatus I took in December last year where I essentially did almost nothing for three weeks and thought it was going to be the Ritz because I had like the biggest year in terms of what I did with my time. And uh, I hated it because it made me slower and weaker and sluggish. So as I'm kind of in like, I would say the busiest part of my life, like this is as busy as I've ever been, honestly. Uh, I'm, I'm just learning how to handle more things. I'm writing up a master's thesis, getting ready to defend that in August and running a half a million dollar business with 10 to 15 employees and coaching eight other business owners. It's just insane, honestly, the amount of stuff I have to practice and dial in and get hundred percent straight. Um, and what I'm seeing is the opportunity for time debt with the more that you take on just becomes so much larger. The opportunity for how much interest you can accumulate based on how much you have going on is just so much larger. And this is like almost a simple concept, but the way it expresses itself is kind of interesting. So like, for example, if I was just running a business, 
of my own. Uh, I would have time debt be a risk to me, but it would be, you know, like the interest on my things that I don't get done can only go so high. But if I have time debt going on in my business and in my consulting area of my life where I'm coaching other eight other operators and in school, um, there's like a trifecta of interest that can amount to being way more, it's an exponential increase in time debt interest, right? So if I'm, if I'm starting to lag behind like one item every two days, let's say that I'm not getting done after two weeks, I'm essentially swamped and not getting any, like I, I I almost have to pause and just look backwards and get everything done and kind of just take a day. And it's kind of insane. And the things that for myself kind of suffer are physical health and fitness. Like I usually stop the, the easiest sign for myself that I am a little bit overwhelmed is that I start, I start, I, I stop eating very healthy and I stop working out. And one thing that I've realized, like it's, it's such a weird reflex because those two things honestly make your life easier. Right. So, um, kind of just seeing that convincing yourself to take something out of your schedule to make time for something else as a result of not getting other things done is actually time debt in its worst form. It's like a new level of time debt. And I I don't know if I did a very good job of explaining that, but like if time debt gets to the point where it causes you to pause, that is the antichrist essentially, because that essentially shows you that and that happened to me, I think, on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. I had just a full day where I spent emailing everybody back that I had, like, went back and marked their emails as read so that I'd eventually answer them. I worked on my, my thesis for a couple hours. I called all the clients I was supposed like, leads I was supposed to call. I did, a, like, you know, 20 production planners for that I should have had done already. All of these things, I had to, like, take a day. And the opportunity cost of that day is unknown. What would I have done if I was just full stride um, not accumulating the time debt? So where time debt meets opportunity cost is kind of where I'm, what I'm talking about here. Because we talk about this idea of time debt, like it's like, oh, you accumulate interest and that's okay. And then, you know, where does the interest go? The interest goes to those days where you have to sit there and block off time to retroactively get done what you missed. And what suffers is usually things that are also really important to you. Health, nutrition, at least for myself, right? And that could be different for anybody else. But I, the point I wanted to make is just that I guess I realize that there's levels to this. This time debt stuff, right? Uh, there's there's multiple levels to this. So... Um, yeah, I guess yeah, I, inter- I just want I just want to know if you guys experienced that at all. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, essentially you're trying to, uh, like, I mean, you just simply don't have enough time. But you, you know, in a financial way, right? You're mm-hmm. consuming more than you're producing. Yeah. Yeah. And and so there comes a point in time when someone's ability to service the debt that they've accumulated is. It's you go just, it's just, yeah, you basically, you, 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 well, you either go bankrupt or you have to then basically sell off assets to pay down your debt. And, you know, it's not in a favorable position, right? And so you have to be really careful on how much debt you, 
you you bring on, right? You have to, you have to be careful on how much you consume, right? Because if, if you're constantly consuming, but you're not producing enough, right? You're spending more than you're making. It's just a recipe for disaster because eventually that, that will come to fruition, like, right? That like you will eventually have to face the dragon in the closet, which is that you have too much debt, right? And so in this case, you're having to take an entire day to go pay off all your debts, right? Yeah, and what's interesting too is that if I look at people that I've seen, and known well enough to kind of see what they've experienced on a day-to-day or month-to-month basis with regards to running their business. And this is across many different types of business. Knowing this now with how far I've pushed myself in terms of how many things I'm juggling and being really present to this idea of time debt, time debt is also just a really good predictor of financial debt and how their business is going to run in terms of you you can back out before you encounter financial debt. But if you, a really good predictor of whether or not somebody will eventually back out to avoid financial debt is how aware of their time debt they are. You know, so. Um, well, yeah. Like, well, but like similar to uh, the financial side of this, right? You know, it's like learning how to say no. Right. Yeah, that's a problem and, for me for sure. But also it's interesting how, you know, like at least financially, you know, to say yes to one thing, okay, is absolutely to say no to everything else you could have bought with that exact same dollar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, financially to buy, you know, you know, whatever the math is, you know, a cup of coffee a day ends up being like 60 grand after, you know, 10 yeah. years or whatever it is, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, whatever the math is, right? So... You know, but that's but you are saying no to sixty thousand. I mean, and this there's a bit of a delayed discounting here, right? You know, to say yes to the coffee now, right, and to say yes every day is to say no to the sixty thousand later, right? In that logic, we should just all consume water and wheat. <laughs> you know, well, but no, I, no, no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Well, not necessarily though. I mean, because I mean, there is there is a certain point, right? Like, yeah. you know, because are you know, are you willing to pay you know eight dollars for the cup of coffee today? Yeah, maybe you are, but tomorrow you no, I wouldn't pay eight dollars. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 or yeah. whatever. You know, you know. So, you know, but when it comes to time, I mean, you know, getting really good at saying either no to things or if there is things that are in your life that are you know reoccurring, right? That's ripe for, like for example, every year. I know that I have to do my taxes. I don't do my taxes though. I hire an accountant to do my taxes, but it's not an unknown thing. Like I know that every year I have to file it. So I, ha- you know, so I, 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 I hired someone who, who professionally does that. Right. You know, you know that every time you book a, a painting job that it has to get painted, but you don't paint it. You hire painters. Right. But then of course, when you hire painters, you absolutely know that they need management. Right. But you don't have to manage them. You can hire a manager. And then, of course, if you have a manager, you mm-hmm. need some you need some sort of, you know, boss, okay? And currently, we're that boss. But there's always... So, but to say yes to a painter is to say yes to a manager. And to mm-hmm. say yes to a manager is to say yes to a boss, and et cetera, mm-hmm. right? So, it's saying yes to these things, right? But eventually, you can say no, <laughs> right? Yeah. Go for no. Yeah. Go for no. This is very prevalent in my business, Austin. If I ignore all my ad sets, so so just to context, mm-hmm. if I'm running ads, different ads are in like different yeah. Tupperwares. Yeah. Imagine the yeah. Tupperwares. 
Um, <laughs> each each Tupperware is targeting different audiences. Yeah. With a different message. If I if I skip one day, to, to say, oh, you know what? I'll just look at these ads tomorrow. The interest on that is so massive. It's literally in the hundreds of dollars. And it might cause me to miss, uh, to catch something when I, sh- like, w- way later than the reason March this year was so bad was because of this concept. I ignored my ads at the last week of February. For seven days, I neglected to look over. What worked, what didn't work, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. removing bad ads. And it cost huh. so much money. And it was so expensive to get people on the call. That even if I closed the client, they weren't. It wasn't profitable. So mm. I had to delete all the ads and restart, which takes one month in real time to do. Wow! Another another Crazy. example wow. on the financial side, which is mind blowing, is cost. that like if you were to double a penny, right? Every yeah, every yeah, day yeah, for yeah. like it's thirty days. Plan. No, I, I know everyone knows that. Yeah, 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 but yeah. but what if someone was to take every every Sunday off? the amount is mm. like astronomically lower mm-hmm. if you just take one day off. It's going to take you know, it's going to take you way longer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't get nearly as much, right? It's also the same with uh, if, if you mismanage your money and you declare bankruptcy. If you declare bankruptcy, you're back at zero, which is like back when you're like 16 years old. And just it's actually worse out. than zero. It's, it's zero and everyone knows that you already <laughs> failed the first time through. Yeah. Yeah, so you're a 16-year-old with a disadvantage. Again. You're like negative 12. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Not good. Yeah. That but, is insane. Uh, I mean, so like, so like okay, so you're, you're, you know, you're a busy guy, Austin. Yeah. 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 Do well, I wasn't, that's busy? not what I was trying to say. No, no, I no, was... no, I know, but do you enjoy being oh, okay. busy? Yeah, that was actually my question. Yeah, um... I really do. I think that, uh, put it this way, I enjoy being, I enjoy working with how, let me, let me try and re-answer that question. I enjoy what I do and I enjoy optimizing my time, but I don't necessarily enjoy being busy. So I enjoy knowing that I have a predictable schedule. If my predictable schedule is packed full with work, then I guess that's busy. But I also see busy as being kind of just always working sporadically you know what i mean like i'm just always working but if you're always working with a very optimized and dialed plan then that's i like being busy yes yeah yeah what's interesting is like think about all of the things in your life like for as long as you can remember right any Mm -hmm. expectations you had any sort of aspirations, anything you hoped for, anything, you know, hoped for either in a positive way or hope that it didn't happen, right, in a negative way. Think about all of those things, right? I mean, it's it's just, there's just too much, right? There's just too much <laughs> to even consider, right? But, yeah. but I'm sure maybe some things, you know, the last week came to mind, right? Well, yeah. how much of that even actually transpired? Like how many of the really negative things like that you, oh, if I don't get it done on this day, my life's over, you know, or I really want this goal to matter, like, or I really want to get to this certain point, right? Like, and think about just how bullshit basically all of that was, right? And think Can you give of, like, me you an know, example, for example, like, yeah, like, so, like, I'll give you an example. So, 
if you had told, you know, 17 year old John that I'd be making over a quarter million a year, I would have thought that that was like, I'd like, I would be like the happiest guy. And like, you know, ever, like basically I'd be set like, as in like, that would be like the end point as in like, I I've made it. Mm. But now mm. that I'm here, I realize how fucking nonsense that is because now there's another carrot that I'm going after. So it's, it's mm-hmm. not easy. Like I'm not, I'm nowhere near the end of what I want to try and do. Right. Like it's, it's it's like there's it's an arbitrary thing to like just set like you know something but um or you know consider like um you know you, you you're just hoping that a lead comes through or you're hoping that um i mean hell you might hope that the grocery store is not busy mm-hmm. right and then you show up and it is right and then but was that really that bad like so there's all these things that you're constantly thinking about of like i wish it was this way i wish it was that way when we're constantly in this right. state of just running through that, you know, we're just working our brains of just like constantly wanting things to be a certain way rather than just accepting them for the way they are. Like, I, it, I remember, it, uh, yeah. that's a good question. Uh, sorry, Amber, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I remember we were starting like a $10,000 project that was extremely complicated and I forgot to do the production planner. And there I was with the customer and my manager and my three of my best painters and they're like, yeah, Amber, we didn't we didn't get a production planner. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. I do remember we have to do the soffits. It says here that it's going to take 18 hours. So just focus on that today. And they're like, oh, okay, we're going to prime and two coat them. And mm-hmm. then I just made the production planner that night for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like just the epitome of what John said. I'm like, oh man, like this is going to go wrong. But then the reality of it, it's like, wait a second. Not the only bad. the only like kind of rebuttal I'd have John on behalf of human nature not on behalf of myself necessarily but if you subtract out that kind of paranoia of the moment whatever you'd want to call it like always desiring for a better outcome or like whatever you described right wishing that something would be better don't you somehow lose the desire to improve yeah so uh you know i Apologize if I wasn't really clear on that, yeah. stating that it, it's it's like I, I'm not in, in any way advocating that you just eliminate you know like the desires or anything like that. That's not like mm. I, I, and I and you know as far as I know, I mean I think that's called enlightenment, and and I haven't met anyone or you know read about anyone that I've like believed in any sort of you know legitimate sense that they've actually achieved that. You know, like, my yeah. my mother often refers to me that way. She's like fucking enlightened you know like just it's almost like stoic but in a bad way (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah so so you know i mean it's but it's it's not so it's 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 more observing that state that you're in yeah like like you can you can observe observe yourself wanting something and you can detach yourself from from actually, um, like you can you can just you can literally just sit within that, like you know, observing you wanting something and realizing that ultimately it's really not actually going to be that, you know, like what like all the all, all of the ho- uh, horrible things that you think are going to happen, you know, if you don't do something, probably aren't going to happen, right? Does that mean that you should not actually try and do it? No, that's not that's not necessarily that's not really what I'm advocating for, but. But if you're, if you're like, it's kind of like, um, we all know we're going to die, but must we do it bawling, right? Is what Epictetus says, right? Like, you, you don't have to suffer 
like if it, if it's inevitable that you're going to be having all these hopes and all these desires and all these you know things do you have to suffer while doing it like like you know that you're going to be wanting to do make more money or you know do you have to do it in such a way that you're like in pain right you know if like for example a really good one i don't like being late but i like being uh like i should say i like it but it's an interesting experience when you're late and like you know like you just like enter that mode where you're like like trying to like transport yourself through space and time faster but like it's not actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah you can't yeah, do yeah. that like you can't yeah. you can't i mean you can speed up your car but you can't you, you can't really just tr- teleport there but like you feel like if you could you'd like, you would just go right well, you don't have to suffer. Like you can, you like you can be late and happy. Like you can show up late and not be like super tense. Like you can be a relaxed late person, right? Um, in the same way that you could be, uh, you know. So I mean, I don't know if you, if, if that makes any sense to you, but makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess to kind of sum up what we spoke about, then would it be fair to say that? Um, in terms of how that interacts with time debt is kind of what I'm thinking of. If time debt is viewed as a negative thing, then you could easily, well, Well, I guess you could easily end up, yeah. We know, but Austin, that's what I'm trying to say. So like if your current state of consumption puts you in debt that's that's inevitable right like like if i make eighty thousand and i spend you know um you know two thousand dollars a week i know that i'm gonna have a deficit at the end of the year like it's Mm -hmm. it's not like a it's not like a confusing thing like Mm -hmm. it's like like mathematically like that doesn't like i wouldn't be like i wouldn't Mm -hmm. be shocked to arrive at the end of the year you know Mm -hmm. now if i wasn't tracking my finances and maybe it would be like holy smokes i didn't realize how much i was spending right but if you build your schedule in such a way that you just it's there's no way you're going to finish everything and then you wonder why you're in debt it's it's not really like it's not really like if you're consistently every two weeks having to take a day or whatever you know whatever the number is right then you're just spending too much but you're just you're just you're you don't you're like you simply don't have enough time or you know or or you maybe you just don't want some things right maybe there is some things in your schedule you legitimately don't actually want to do right and right. you just need to maybe track those down right so i you know i'm not sure what, you know what what do you think of that but but certain certainly like it, it, there, there's undue suffering like you don't you don't have to suffer because you know yeah yeah, no, it's interesting. It's uh, it's interesting to think about and talk about. Uh... There is a uh, a power in the Forty Eight Laws of Power that actually talks about this. Oh yeah. Where let me let me let me get it. One second. I'll get the book. Which lies you talking about? It's uh, I I was just reading it. I wonder which one you'd even refer to. Like, is it the one about like doing things effortless or making it appear like effortless? No, no, it's uh, 
Oh, come on. So I'll say this. Uh, no. I'll just I'll just say the rule. Here we go. Just going back to the beginning of the chapter. Uh, three. There you go. Get others to do the work for you, but always take the credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I read that one. That's good. Right, and there is it's the kind of, story. It's, like, it's it's a salient title because you're like, well, that doesn't seem fair. Or right? or polite. Yeah, or yeah, nice. yeah. Well, what's interesting about that as well is, I mean, you know, you you can read that from an offensive standpoint, but but defensively, it's it's important to note that people will try and do that, right? And it's quite interesting. Yes. I, mean, I mean, I won't I won't exactly you know, you know, take some you know fire some shots off here, but it's interesting, you know, how many things that I think that uh, maybe I should be getting given credit for over the last you know however many years and various aspects of my life that other people have taken credit for, and it's interesting because credit I actually view credit as a currency and if you allow people to like you you can pay people in credit right like if that matters to someone and it doesn't matter as much to you it's interesting what kind of uh, bargains you can drive mm-hmm. you want me to tell the, the the tortoise and the elephant and the hippopotamus story I, I'm not familiar I don't really I don't remember oh okay so one day the tortoise met the elephant, who trumpeted, Out of my way, you weakling. I might step on you. The tortoise was not afraid and stayed where he was. So the elephant stepped on him, but could not crush him. Do not boast, Mr. Elephant. I am as strong as you are, said the tortoise. But the elephant just laughed. So the tortoise asked him to come to his hill the next morning. The next day, before sunrise... The tortoise ran down the hill to the river where he met the hippopotamus who was just on his way back into the water after his nocturnal feeding. Mr. Hippo, shall we have a tug of war? I bet I'm as strong as you are, said the tortoise. The hippopotamus laughed at this ridiculous idea but agreed. The tortoise produced a long rope and told the hippo to hold it in his mouth until the tortoise shouted, Hey! Then the tortoise ran back up the hill where he found the elephant who was getting impatient. He gave the elephant the other end of the rope and said, When I say hey, pull, and you'll see which one of us is the strongest. Then he ran halfway back down the hill to a place where he could not be seen by both the hippo and the elephant. Hey, shouted the tortoise. The elephant and the hippopotamus pulled and pulled, but neither could budge the other. They were of equal strength. They both agreed that the tortoise was as strong as they were. Never do what others can do for you. The tortoise let others do the work for him while he got the credit. This is the Zarian fable. Hmm. So kind of creating a scenario where the outcome is valuable or at least holds some form of value, I guess. As long as you're designing it. 
Well, I mean, it's worth considering whether or not you consider that it overlaps with Machiavellianism a little bit, right? Well, but no, but take in mind though, you can you can view these as defensive things too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like for example, like sometimes you might find yourself being the elephant or the hippopotamus. Yes. Like you're not. See, like you're looking at it as in you're always the tortoise, but you could actually end up being one of the other two animals. Mm -hmm. Like someone else could be your tortoise. Yeah, and that's actually something that that's a framing that is, I would say, missed by almost most readers when they read the Forty Laws of Powers. They only read it from them as the main character, which I think mm. is the wrong huh. way. That's to a good. Read that's a really book. good point, John. From the from the rules that I've read, I, I do agree with you. A lot of them are valuable only if you understand them as a. Yeah. Um, Take in mind. How would you say they're that? Not, they're not the, the strategies of power. They're the laws of power. As in, these will be used against you. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're not aware of is, them. Yeah, you know, you know, it's it's not. You guys know the yeah. the the classic tale. So there's this salesman who's being interviewed by this CEO for a position, and the CEO is, uh, you know, on on his desk is like a Lamborghini. Did we talk about this? No, I don't think we've, so, I don't think we've talked no. about this. The interviewee who wants the job looks at the Lamborghini and asks the CEO, oh my goodness, like, is this your car? And the CEO, yes. In fact, I'll tell you this. If you join my company, okay, and I can see the fire in your eyes, and I can tell that if you work hard, great things can happen. But I can tell you this. If you outwork the competition, if you show up every morning, if you practice self-care, if you meditate, if you put your full effort, if you spend time reviewing and mastering your craft, I know if you know. really bleed and sweat into this company and really treat it as your all, maybe one day I can buy another one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which, I, I don't, Yeah. Interesting. So again, again, these can sound like, you know, you got to be very careful how you're listening to this conversation. We're not advocating the taking advantage of somebody. What we're just pointing out to is, is, is a question you want to ask yourself, is there a place in your business where there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears being poured that does not have to be poured, right? Like, can't, instead of picking up paint... Can you have the paint rep drop the paint off for you? For example, are well, you doing things in your business that you don't have to do yourself? Amr, I'll just kindly remind you of the, one of my favorite parts about this book is the reversals. Yes. I love the Hit fact it. that he's Hit aware it. of how the, yeah, so the reversal for that rule is perfect. There are times when taking the credit for work that others have done is not wise, is not the wise course. If your power is not firmly enough established and you will seem to be pushing people out of the limelight to be brilliant, to be a brilliant exploiter of talent, your position must be unshakable or you will be accused of deception. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you're not viewed as being a hundred percent essential to the conversation at hand or the situation at hand, then it looks like you're deceiving someone. So be sure you know when letting other people share the credit serves your purpose. It is especially important to not be greedy when you have a master above you. President Richard Nixon, 
President Richard Nixon's historic visit to the People's Republic of China was originally his idea, but it might have never come off but it might never have come off but for the deaf the deft diplomacy of Henry Kissinger, nor would it have been as successful without Kissinger's skills. Still, when the time came to the credit, Kissinger adroitly let Nixon take the lion's share. Knowing that the truth would come out later, he was careful not to jeopardize his standing in the short term by hogging the limelight. Kissinger played the game ex expertly. He took the credit for the work of those below him while graciously giving credit for his own labors to those above. That is the way to play the game. Mm -hmm. Never outshine the master. Yeah, exactly. And that's another rule, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, too, is that, um, you know, there's even an act like you, you can have someone take credit for something that you know is inevitably going to fail as well. Right. You know, or or like something may appear guess, to be. Yeah. Well, no, but something may appear to be, um, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a positive way when in reality it's really not but then you can you know someone may want to take credit for it when it when in reality it's actually a complete disaster right like th this actually happened recently somewhat with um donald trump right because you know when barack obama was president this is kind of almost an attribution bias but uh when barack obama was president of course donald trump says that the economy is shit right and all the numbers that 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 the government was using at the time were sort of bogus and etc right Whereas when he became president, all of a sudden these numbers became more reliable and, you know, he's saying how the economy is amazing, right? Well, <laughs> it kind of sewered him because because he never he didn't actually improve the economy of the United States. Of course, his legacy is going to be that he essentially, you know, left left the United States in the worst economic position it's been in in a long time, right? But, but he took credit for the economy, right? Whereas if he hadn't have done that and he, still, and he, he could have left the blame on Barack Obama, right? but because he took ownership of the economy because he thought it was good when in reality it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like he got, he got, he like, he got left holding the bag basically. <laughs> mm. Yeah. John, how, how was your week, man? Good. Yeah. I mean, uh, we ran a pretty, pretty sizable first payroll. Um, the payrolls going forward are looking really spicy, which is interesting. Like, um, Got a couple, I mean, it depends on how accurate we can keep our forecast, but we should be able to, you know, with deposits, get in and around the $100,000 payroll range. Do you have a plan for this money that you're going to generate this year? Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. Like every single penny? Uh, I would say every single $10. Okay. 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 Cool. Cool. Yeah, I don't know if I have it down to the penny, but... Um, I mean, ultimately, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, there was actually a, I'll have to grab my book, but for my e-reader, you know, it was interesting. I, I'm reading about the Warburg family again, and I just, I just love reading about family dynasties. It's just, just infinitely fascinating to me. Why is it, do you think that interests you more than? Because he wants to create generational wealth. They're also just, it's really interesting because the, the one the reading. Wait, am I wrong though, John? I certainly think that there's, I have fantasies towards that for sure. But, you know, reading about family dynasties is so interesting because you, it's like reading about it. I mean, because most family dynasties were realistically like they, there was one f like formal trade. Okay. But the business itself was, sorry, the, the family itself was almost like a business, right? And they were all partners within that business. And, and uh, it's just interesting to see like which, which, you know, employees or which, 
family members, you know, sort of, you know, and how the different personalities clashed and, and, you know, how different ones, you know, had found different success and, and things like that and which ones didn't want to do the trade. So in the case, in this case of the Warburgs, they were a German, um, a, a German Jewish family, banking family specifically. And there was a point, uh, there was a point, uh, a pre, pre, well, I guess it would have been 1930. So this is like after World War One, but before World War Two. And there was sort of like a boom in the German economy. This is after like all the hyperinflation, et cetera. And it was sort of sort of a false boom because it was it was based on just inflated pricing. And so he, he, there's a quote where he basically talks about how you, you have to be really cautious in boom times when it's it's based on false prosperity. Like when when in reality, you know, the increased asset prices are really just based off of increased credit, right? And people are merely just borrowing against these, you know, these inflated pricing to then drive up the prices elsewhere. And so the the mm. money that I'm making this year, I'm hoping to try and, you know, pick places sort of having that in the back of my mind that it seems like we potentially could be in a, in a scenario where um, a, a lot of the richness that we feel is actually fake like not only myself, like, you know, even considering the success of my business this year, I'm, you know, cause I, I, I'm not, you know, as adept in, in, in economics to know what, you know, how well I'm actually doing this year, because how much of my pricing this year is merely just inflated pricing, right? How much of this is just false prosperity? Like how much of my success this year? And, but, but not only just me, but you got to remember every single Canadian, right? Or every single person that's participating in the economy. How much of this is just I merely, think about that so often. Yeah, how much of this is funny. just... Because, I mean, how many people, for example, are paying for my services with debt? I don't know, right? I mean, how many people are paying with HELOCs borrowed against their homes? How many people are paying with... I mean, personally, here in Kelowna, it's a lot of credit cards, right? It's a lot of credit cards, right? I, I don't collect a lot of checks. It's all credit. It's all, you know, some some sort of thing like that, right? And so, I'm and, and, and of course in Kelowna we've have we've had a ridiculous real estate market, and I can't help but think I wonder how much of that is based on that, right? How much of the money that's flowing through me is through productive means, not just merely inflated asset pricing. So, you know, even if I do a million dollars, how much of that is merely like if you discount that by you know what, like whatever inflation rate, how much is that really in last year's dollars, right? And so just trying to protect myself and just trying to make sure that I'm, you know, being prudent in the way that I invest my money and making sure that I'm I'm not, you know, because, you know, and this might just be one of those things where like you know once you think something then you it's almost a bit of a confirmation bias, but mm-hmm. it seems like there's more luxury vehicles than I've ever fucking seen before in Cologne. Can't, like it's agree more. it's absolutely ridiculous. Like it's 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 it's. I mean, Amber, you may shake your head, but I mean, it is like pretty. You might not have looked for them before. No, like dude, I no, no, no. Believe me, I you know, but but you but hold on. I mean, I did I did discount what I'm saying with you know this might just be a confirmation bias, but mm-hmm. it's pretty ridiculous. And the reason why I say um, seems like there's more is because they're like there's brand spanking new, as in like they're fresh off the lot. Like if you drive by the the car dealership, like I I drove by um, yesterday, like it was Saturday, and. 
like there was a lineup of people waiting for their fresh cars. Like it was insane. I've never like I, I maybe that's where's this money coming from. Yeah, that's my point. Like, you know, how much of this is people actually being more productive and making more money or how much of this is just people borrowing money or selling off inflated asset pricing, right? Of course, if you sold your assets, someone had to buy it for the inflated price. That's how you have your money, Um, which is that you being more, is that you being more productive? Maybe not. And then of course, if you didn't sell the asset, you could borrow against it and then spend money, right? So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just curious. That's all. And so you know, the, the Warburgs had some interesting takes on that in, in, in the time where when that they were in. And it seems like you'd want to try and put your money into, you know, assets that uh, uh, you, you, you certainly wouldn't want to sit on cash, let's say. Mm. Like commercial real estate, not real estate, right? Commercial yeah, real estate is a bit protected from a crash. It could, it could be, though. Like, it depends on how you buy it, right? Like, this may not be the best time to... Uh, like it depends of, yeah, on your how, debt ratio. It, it, would, it depends on how secure the revenue of the property is and it depends on how much, you know, what your debt service is. Yeah, so debt coverage, like you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, true. True, true, true. Hey, John, uh, would you be open to starting a blog for the podcast? That's like kind of off cuff. Uh... uh I'll let John answer and have my opinion. Well, Amber doesn't seem like he, he yeah. would like that. The, the well, it reason. just it just it it it's uh, it takes focus away from from here. Yeah, it but I think it doesn't there's make a lot of me. things though that come up in at least my head throughout the week that I don't write down or save. Write it down. Here. Yeah, I should. You're right. I write my stuff down. But I just think that John, with the amount that he's reading, and like for example, what he just described. Would be I would read that a hundred percent like how. But we talked about that. About, we talked sorry. about it a lot. Of, we talked about that a lot of times. How commercial real estate is is no, safe no, no, against. No, no, not inflation. about commercial real estate. Yeah, we were oh, okay. family sorry, dynasty. we weren't talking about the uh, commercial real estate stuff. Well, just like the idea of family dynasties and how oh. that flowed into the what's going on in the current market, I think would be a great blog. But then, what's the point of this podcast? Well, I think it's just narrow-minded to think that we cover a hundred percent of what there is to say within this hour. You know, it's actually, block. it's actually an interesting point. So there, there's, there's two things that, that, that kind of come to mind with um, what you just said at Austin. So uh, I'm going to kind of reveal this. I find the people I read about more interesting than people in my real life. For the most of course. part, for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. Just by virtue of being able to read about them? Is that what you're saying or no? Um, you can't meet Henry Kissinger. Well, so. no, but not even so much. I mean, yeah, well, that's not true, though. I mean, you can meet a lot of fascinating people, like, and, and I think you guys are fascinating people. But but um, you have essentially unadulterated access to them. Like, you can read as much. I, like, if I'm interested in you, Ammer, you're not going to give me, you know, as much time as, as someone who's dead. And, and, I agree. And, yeah. So like like you can dive deeper into the individual, right? And well, the, can, one of the biggest things of why I'm a Jordan Peterson, like I I read a lot of what he, he puts out there is because yeah. there's so much out there, and there's yeah there's you can so much I can mind. read about him. Yes. Yeah, you can explore yes. his lectures, and you can and I think a lot of things. people would like to explore your mind in terms of what you just spoke about because just based off of how much literature and, and books you've read, and and how you with what you do, uh, running your business how you were able to contextualize it 
reformulate it, spit it out with a lot more uh, relevance. Mm, and oh, I see, day. Austin, what you're trying to say now. I got confused. So there's the so there's, there's the aspect of like not you know you know being more interested in the people that will read about than the people in my real life, right? Yeah. Which is, I think, one of the reasons why I kind of ditched a lot of the friends over the years was because I just, I naturally, I just, I, I found that the authors that I was reading about were better mentors and better friends, and and so so were the people I was reading about. I just, I find them interesting, right? Mm-hmm. But the other interesting thing too is, and this is, you know, there's potentially some, you know, like maybe some arrogance here or you know some sort of ego. But you know, one thing that I find really interesting is how little interest people like. I mean, like you guys show interest, but I mean how little interest people actually show in what I actually read about. <laughs> like, it's just like, like, like even the people who know I read a lot don't like ever really like, like actually like care to know what I'm reading about, which is another reason why I, I don't know if the blog would be much, much success. Like, like, so I'm highly interested in something and most people are not actually interested in what I'm actually like, 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 like the amount of times that someone actually says, Hey John, what are you reading about? And they actually want to have a proper discussion about it is, I guess, is it just Amber and I? <laughs> no, no, but no, but, but even you guys don't really, like, you don't Let me... really want to know. Like, is, can like, I tell you like, why? A lot of people it's like, they want to ask questions and then they want to like segue it into like them demonstrating their knowledge. Like they don't actually want to, they don't want to like have me express myself. They, they want to like tie it into their own, how they're smart. So a lot of the books that you read are on my reading list as well as Austin's. And the reason I hold back, I always hold back all the time. Like you saw before I even pulled out the 48 Laws of Power, I was like hesitating a bit was because I can easily see this turning into a book club, which, by the way, I am totally happy to do. Well, and would, would, would find mind, a though, lot of value. You don't have to talk about books. That's what I mean. I, no, the ideas inside the book. Well, no, I know, but but it's interesting, though, because, like, we don't have, like, like, um, it was really interesting. Like, I gave, like, I gave, like, a pretty, like, it, it wasn't, like, the main topic of the book. Like, it wasn't, like, I wasn't explaining the book, but... I was talking to my friend about the 1902 coal strike and how I just thought that was a really interesting thing in history. And, it, and and I had read about that in multiple books. And it was like, for most books, it was like, I, I read one book about um, uh, like uh, about the Morgans. And it was kind of like a bit of a side note because it was just like, like at one point in time, JP Morgan was on his yacht talking to, um, you know, uh, Theodore Roosevelt and they had to resolve some sort of, story. it was like, it was kind of a, like, you know, a couple pages. Right. And I'm like, Oh, it's kind of interesting. Like why was the president on this yacht with the, you know, trying to resolve the strike. And then of course you read about, you know, you know, Vanderbilt and, you know, of course he was, you know, in the, in the railroads and he's transporting a lot of coal. And so the strike was a big thing because the revenue was down during this time. And, and, it, you know, and so you kind of hear about it through that. And then, and then finally, you know, you read about Carnegie and it's like a big ordeal for him. And it's like, this is sort of a big deal, right? Like, okay, this is interesting. Cause you know, you need coal to make steel and okay, fine. And then finally I read about Theodore Roosevelt and I had all of this prior knowledge of all these different, you know, aspects of it. I'm reading about it and I can see how how it's like boom, boom, boom. And it was this fascinating thing. But I wasn't, I'm not talking about one book. I'm talking about an actual event that happened in real history. Like I'm not talking about, you know, uh, Carnegie by David Arsenault or JP Morgan by Ron Chernow or, you know, talking about you know, Theodore Roosevelt, you know, in, in the book Leadership by, you know, Doris Goodwin. I'm talking about this event. And 
I find it fascinating how like little interest people actually have in these things, right? <laughs> like it's 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 actually fascinating, really. Like, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, whereas if so I was John, there, I yeah. love it. I, I I'm 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 here for it, honestly, without any desire to regurgitate it and make it my own or whatever you said earlier, which I get, by the way. Not not not. But I'm not talking about you. Like I'm just. No, I'm I understand. No, I'm saying it happens. I get it. I'm just. Yeah. I would read it. So maybe that's just <laughs> maybe that's a huge bias, but. I don't know. I think it but would I be will cool. say this though: the moment my buddy Tristan, okay, Range Rover Tristan, yes. started. Um, by the way, he's now. Uh, I'm just gonna start calling him Pony Hair Tristan because he buys pony hair clothing now. What's pony hair? That's exactly insane, like Italian leather and stuff. It's crazy, but and and yeah, it's what's wild. The point being, um, but he started reading these books, and now all of a sudden we can have these fantastic conversations, right? So. You know, I, I have to wonder how much of it is just people not having any prior knowledge or maybe any, you know, what they don't even know why it's interesting, right? They don't even know how it ties to the, you know, to their real life, right? Yeah. Well, the, what's inherent in something interesting is the context that surrounds it. You have interesting context, which creates something interesting. And most of the time, we just lack context. Like, I yeah, want to ask you. Maybe I, maybe I take it. Maybe, maybe I should take more credit. Maybe, maybe I'm not making it interesting enough. Like, maybe if I start with the headline, like, hey, can I tell you about the time that 100 workers got shot for not working, right? Like, maybe that's a better headline. There right? you go. Yeah. Now I'm interested. Yeah. yeah, but like, you know, some guy on a boat talking about some strike. Yeah, okay, sounds interesting. But you, you well, actually. No, no, hold that on. Up. It's not some guy, though. Imagine the wealthiest man basically at the in his day like the wealthiest most powerful banker is meeting with the president on his yacht to resolve an issue like that's a pretty interesting like, yeah but you didn't a, say it that way that's the point yeah. i'm making oh okay. that's the point i'm making it wasn't said that way it was you said a couple of names that i've heard a couple of times yeah okay. that i don't know their significance in history talking about something it's just there's so many um i think one of the one of the, the biggest things i learned through Toastmasters again, just like through communication, is you, you like if you just speak to five like uh, five fifth graders, um, you, you'll just win in every conversation. There's an actual study. Remember the the the, the tool I showed you, John, the conversion AI, the blog thing that fills it out. Remember what I'm talking about last time? Yeah, the yeah the I call? know. Anyways, yes, I know. they did a study that was based on a study from like Harvard or Yale saying that the most successful sales copy. And like readable material is material that's that's made for the reading ages for like for reading levels on the grit grit the fifth grade level. So if you can write on a fifth grade level, you can maintain the most amount of interest throughout. So I guess that's that's one thing. But I guess here's a question to you. Let's say uh, we're we're both reading the same book, John, at the same time. Uh, and this is this is a question to you, Austin. Kind of uh, a little fourth wall thing. I mean, would you guys be upset if we just talked about that one thing for the whole call? No. I I think there's no flow to this, right? Like, or there is flow to it because there's but no. But just talking like, about the book and ideas and through it, like oh, having a conversation oh. like that. I don't know uh, if it's necessary. I don't think we need to talk about the, like, but that's the thing, though. I, I differentiate between, I mean, yes, like, there is, like, they're talking about a specific idea in a book, but there's also just talking about events that happened in history. Like, they're, they're, like I differentiate the two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, if you just talked about, like, like, I'm happy to talk about the 1902 coal strike. That sounds very interesting, and 
I can 100% see myself learning something from that. But would you guys mind if we spend an hour and a half on it? I don't, but I don't know what you guys feel about that, right? That's another thing I guess we never really formalize is because we're, our schedules are so busy, we only talk with each other around two hours a week. I really don't know what, how heavy to lean on one topic than the other. I guess that's something we never... But sometimes we just end up doing that. And, and I guess the point of the blog would just be that there's another outlet that's structured just about John's takeaways and thoughts and reinterpretations of what he's reading or and or not even reading necessarily about one given book. It, like John said, it could just be about one event. Or even, like, it doesn't even have to be about a book. I'm just thinking, like, there could be a blog with no no routine schedule it's kind of just like the written version of the same type of media as your other podcast john well something that i was thinking okay here's something that i was thinking about today uh this morning okay was like you never really know when you're encountering like written history i know so like like like, like like for example like the odds that, like i mean i guess this is recorded sorry i shouldn't say written history but recorded history okay mm-hmm. so like right now this conversation like if one of us became like some really prominent figure in 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 history like as in like amber maybe you, you saw mean it. all of us no but the, but no but amber let's say like yeah maybe yeah, all of it but amber let's say you cured that, right? cancer right all of a sudden now this oh conversation God, what? I didn't yeah, know no, but I know I know I know but point being though you know or okay fine let's say Austin you know discovers some crazy you know new marketing technique right and it's, and it's just and it just takes over click the world, here right? if you want to find out yeah right so but point being like <laughs> that's it this conversation yeah. all of a sudden would now would be you know at some point in time if someone wrote a you know a biography of Austin Trudeau this would be a conversation that would probably be listened to and they would they, this would be a thing right but so here's something interesting okay so you know, the Warburgs were a German-Jewish family, okay, so they lived in Hamburg, you know, of, in, in, across Germany. But this is really interesting. So, uh, uh, Max Warburg's son was named Eric, and Eric was, was young, and, and he goes into a bar in uh, Munich one day, and there was, you know, Germany had, I mean, the world in itself had always been anti-Semite, like, for the, like, right down to the day of, like, you know, they killed Jesus because he was a Jew kind of thing. I mean, like, you know, Jews have just had a bad rap for a really long time. And I think in the last yeah. podcast we had talked about how, I, I don't know if I did, but how, like, Jews were forced into, like, banking. Like, not not of their choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, but rather just because they, they wanted them to sin. So Eric goes into this bar in Munich and there's this lunatic standing on top of a table talking about how, the, you know, the Jews are the problem and it's fucking, you know, like... We, we like oh you know, that's Adolf and so and how and how the you know the Jews are the problem and, and we need to like address them and, and you know the Jewish conspiracy and it's fucking crazy right and so Eric goes and writes a letter to his father who's basically the most prominent Jew in all of Germany I mean Max Warburg I mean he was like the the king dog right like you know him and the Rothschilds basically right um, and he says hey dad just want to let you know like there's basically this guy who's fucking he's a madman but like we should be careful because like this guy like could rule the world one day. And his name's Hitler, Adolf Hitler, right? Like, and it's like, that's fucking crazy. Like that, like, but like Eric didn't know, like, I mean, like he didn't, like he had, like, there's no way he would have really, you know. Was that the same, the same bar where they pulled up arms to go like burn something down? Well, maybe, I mean, I think he gave a lot of speeches in bars. I I think there's like a, yeah, but he didn't end up going to jail 
in around that time as well for like nine months or something like that where he wrote Mind Calm. Yeah, yeah. But but okay, so but here's here's where it gets really interesting, right? So then um, the, the, when the Nazis started kind of coming into power somewhat, like before they had really come into power, but let's say when they were kind of starting up, they started actually uh, kind of getting more violent towards Jews. And there was this one guy uh, like named Schnapp, that was his last name, and he was a really prominent, very rich Jew, but he was very like uh, outgoing and very uh, promiscuous. So he was like very flamboyant, Schnapp. yeah, towards how he was a very prominent Jew. And these these two young, uh, you know, essentially Nazis, um, uh, shot him with a submachine gun and threw a grenade in his car and blew him up. And, th- and like this is a big deal. I mean, imagine someone killing a really prominent rich person like that way. I mean, this is pretty insane, right? So Max Warburg gets a bodyguard, right? Because, you know, he's like, you know, and it was assigned to him uh, from the Hamburg Police Department. And he's like, you know, moving from house to house, like trying to like, you know, stay, you know, hit, flee the scene. And it finally comes out that this this guy that was staying with him as a bodyguard was actually a Nazi spy. Wow. Yeah. So which one of you is the spy? I see what you mean, John. Yeah. But like, at any given moment, you don't know, like the like the context of how important, like, like, like I don't like. Uh, it's kind of like the frog that's like in hot water and like it's getting warmer and warmer. Like they don't, it really, doesn't really know that it's getting warmer. Like, and like you don't really know, like, yeah. I, don't know. I, 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 just, I find that aspect really interesting. Like any given moment, like, but even when you're in your business, like you don't know when you're at the crest. Like you don't know when, like. Uh, I wonder how many people know that they've just had the best year they've ever had or like that they'll ever have, you know, like, or, um, mm. like think about the person like who just doesn't know that they just need one more swing to break through the wall to the next level or whatever. Right. Like, Oh, I um, hate that photo. Yeah. So tr- you, know, you know that photo? Yeah. Yeah. You know what photo I'm talking about now. Ray Zahab was actually really good at answering that question. He would always get asked in podcasts, you know, what was the most challenging day? Or what's the day you were most proud of? And it keeps saying today or yesterday. Yeah, right? no, it is a good answer. Eh? Good way to answer it. And and uh, actually, what's just some feedback on that too. I was speaking with Griffin Milks, who we've had on the podcast twice. And he listened to the episode with Ray. And he said that he really enjoyed the first uh, the first question that we asked him which was running being 90% mental and the other 10% is also mental. And then there was a small follow-up question to that, I think, where, you know, one of us asked Ray, like, (laughs) essentially, why? Like, why did you run across the desert? Or why do you run these distances? Why that as an outlet? And uh, why do you, why are you so extreme? And he kind of just said, I don't know. I just kind of keep doing it. And <laughs> and I I, I'll, I'll know when it's over. I don't remember oh, that part. Wow. And, and so Griffin, he told me he's... Because Griffin's also very interesting. Oh, why 7,500 kilometers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I remember that. That was um, Amber. That oh, no, no, no. The question was... The question was... He was like 500 kilometers in. And he was almost like his body was starting to feel really weak. And so he was talking about how he set the right expectation with himself so that he was just there to run. And if he needed to leave at any time, but anyway, whatever 
he just said, I don't know. I just kept running. Like my goal was to just keep running. My goal wasn't to run 7,500 kilometers. My goal was to just keep running. And, um, and Griffin said that he, he, he originally thought that answer was kind of BS. He's like, well, from a guy that ran across the desert, you'd think there'd be a little bit more rhyme or reason to that Mm -hmm. number and that strategy and that And then he's like, you know, and then I thought about myself, like Griffin's like a very successful YouTuber and probably one of the more harder working people I know in terms of how, just how organized and strategized he is around everything that he does with investments and his YouTube channel. The guy is just very successful. And then he, he often gets asked this question as well. I think we even asked Griffin that question when he was on the podcast and he's like, and then I thought about it and it's like, that's actually it. There's no, there's no like, this is how and why I do it. It's just, I, this I'm is just, what I, I do. Ju- it's just what I do. And yeah. he's like, it kind of sucks as an interview answer, but he's like, right there when I heard a guy that ran across the fucking Sahara Desert say, my goal was to just, I didn't really have, I, I, I didn't care if I ran the 7,500. I just wanted to keep running. And I knew when it was going to be over. And Griffin was just saying that like it kind of brought him a little bit of peace, you know, because he's always trying to plan out the next step and see where he's going in the next six months and 12 months and 18 months. But then he just realized hearing Ray say that, that the goal is to just keep going. And it kind of ties back to what what John said is that, you know, if you're constantly and what we were talking about earlier about time debt, if you're constantly trying to say like, oh, I wish I wish this was a certain way. You can kind of you can kind of get yourself a little bit more paranoid than you would like to admit, and just kind of understanding that you'll have those wants and desires naturally, and that you'll know where to go from there, and and that you just want to keep pursuing it, and keep doing that, keep doing the task. So, anyway, it was pretty interesting to hear him hear him say that. Mm. That's a great observation. Pretty smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. Want to do a little wise versus wise? Yeah. yeah. Wise versus wise, yeah. <laughs> Let me just go grab my uh, book one second. Yeah. I actually went and... Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I went and looked at our YouTube channel that Faith designed. By the way, shout out to Faith uh, yeah. for designing our YouTube channel. We have a bunch of stuff up there now, and there's all our whack versus, or a couple of our whack versus wisdoms, and it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> there's the one where uh, I was watching the one where John did li- the little Peep and little Tracy versus Jordan P. Peterson. <laughs> like the that titles, was one of our first ones. The titles just sound so funny, man. Like I. <laughs> Like I need when people Google Jordan B. Peterson, if this could come up, people would click on it. You know what I mean? Like mm. people would click on Lil Peep and Lil Tracy versus Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> like we just need to get Google SEO fired up here and we'll we'll go viral for sure. Cause like these titles <laughs> you know, it's like uh Robert Green versus Lil Xan. <laughs> oh my saying. god. <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah. 
Because, like, there's so many Jordan Peterson titles that are, like, Jordan Peterson destroys social justice warrior in seconds. <laughs> and then it's, like, Jordan Peterson versus Lil Pete. Lil Xan. Oh, fuck. It's so good. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Oh, this is a good song, man. This is a. This used to be the 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 song that my high school hockey team would play in our dressing room. Oh no! Yeah. All right, here we go. This is Jay Z and Kanye West. Otis. It makes it easier, easier to I invented sweat, popping bottles, putting supermodels in the cab. Proof. I guess I got my swagger back. Truth. New watch alert. Few blows. Or the big face rolly, I got two of those. Arm out the window through the city, I'm a new slow. Cut back, snap back, see my cut through the holes. Damn, easy and hoes, where the hell you been? Niggas talking real reckless, stuck man. I adopted these niggas, fill up drumming them. Now I'm about to make them tuck their whole summer in. They say I'm crazy when I'm about to go dumb again. They ain't see me cause I pulled up in my other bins. Last week I was in my other, other bins. All your diamonds up, cause we in this bitch another game. Photo shoot fresh, looking like wealth. I'm about to call a paparazzi on myself. Live from the Mercer, run up on Yeezy the wrong way, I might murk it. Flee in the G450, I might surface. Political refugee asylum can be purchased. Uh, everything's for sale, got five passports, I'm never going to jail. I hate pausing this song because I can listen to the whole thing, but. Let's, uh. Let's, uh. Um, what's uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, for example, the other title is Little Loaded and NLE Choppa versus Benjamin Graham, <laughs> <laughs> dude. so so obscure <laughs> like that's not being found anywhere else the problem is nobody would ever search for it but it's there <laughs> it's so weird i love it. <laughs> i love what we do man it's so silly but i believe in it so much this has to go viral oh, just, like maybe in 10 years gonna find, maybe in like, 10 years yeah yeah we don't know <laughs> hi john bless us Sounds Represent so soulful, don't you agree? I invented swag, pop in bottles, put it in supermodels in the cab, proof. I guess I got my swagger back, truth. New watch alert, Hubbolts, or the big face <laughs> Rolly. I got two of those. Arm out the window, through the city, I maneuver slow. 
cock back, snap back, see my cut through the holes, damn Yeezy and Hov, where the <laughs> oh. hell you been? N-words talking real reckless stuntmen. I adopted these N-words. Philip Drummond M. Now I'm about to make them tuck the whole summer in. They say I'm crazy. Well, I'm about to go dumb again. They ain't see me because I pulled up in my other bends. Last week I was in my other bend or my other other bends. Throw your diamonds up because we in this bitch another gain. Photo shoot fresh, look like wealth. I'm about to call the paparazzi on myself. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's for Jay Z. Dude, John, imagine sad. you imagine you coming into the podcast and instead of saying like, "Hey guys, how are you?" You're like, "Hey, new watch alert." <laughs> yeah, <I'm> <laughs> and you're like, and you're like showing us all your new watches. Like, I'm kind of disappointed, hey, guys. In like new how watch alert. New watch alert. Lame those lyrics <laughs> are for Jay Z and Kanye West. Yeah, I know. Oh wow! Yeah, look at this—the depth. I had. Do- Yeah, there you go. Jokes. Okay. okay, so who's, uh, who's Jay Z and Kanye West going up against this week, John? Mm. Let's see here. Yeah, we'll do Robert Green again. Mm. Okay, good stuff. Yeah. Strength emanates from a feeling of personal security and self worth. This allows people to take criticism and learn from their experiences. This means they do not give up so easily since they want to learn how to get better. They're rigorously persistent. People of strong character open to new ideas and ways of doing things without com- compromising the basic principles they adhere to. In adversity, they can retain their pr- uh, presence of mind. They can handle chaos and the unpredictable without succumbing to anxiety. They keep their word. They have patience, can organize a lot of material, and complete what they start. Not continually insecure about their status, they can also sub- subsume their personal interests to the good of the group, knowing that what works best for the team will in the end make their life easier and better. Dude, the fact that you said oh. it was so perfectly timed, you said oh my not God, about John. their fame and status, and there was a Maybach drifting in the parking lot. When you said that, they were doing this. I think we discovered a new formula for this. We keep the music video running in the back, muted yeah. over your near. This is what they were doing. <laughs> When you right when you said they weren't worried about fame and status, but yeah, I mean it just goes oh. to show, I guess, like Robert Green uh, versus Jay Z and Kanye West. There's a definitely a line in the sand, and it seems as though um, the Forty Eight Laws of Power by Robert Green will will likely prevail as being a useful tool for you as opposed to the lyrics of these. I don't these know. Songs. Does Does Robert Green have a Hublot and a Rolls Royce? I don't know. Dude, the fact that we have a YouTube video that actually compares Lil Loaded and NLE Choppa to Benjamin Graham's and David L. Dodd's security analysis. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we watch that together? I yeah. haven't seen this. Can we just yeah. rewatch this? Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. Let me uh Wait, uh, what's it called? What's it called? Oh, uh, what's just, our YouTube just, channel? Yeah, just Google the Weekly Call YouTube. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> I want to see this. The That's the one call. where John's like roasting them for the gun safety. And the guy ended up shooting his cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> Little Lotus versus Benjamin Graham. Is this it? 
<laughs> no, no, yeah. where's the other one? No, that's it. That's it. It's the, Oh, we it's had the, one deleted. Is that is that we deleted it or was no, that no, taken no, no, down because no. of copyright? You're on the one we're looking at right now. Oh, okay, okay. Can you guys hear it? Yeah. I found this uh <sighs> We're now a reaction channel. An unlikely place. Okay. I don't know, man. I, I'm of the I'm of the camp that like I think whack versus wisdom is off the charts, but I think there's a time and place for it. That's my no. that's my take. That's my take. I think. What do you guys think? I of whack think versus whack wisdom? Was, uh, whack versus wisdom is kind of like sex. There's, it, it can basically fit in any situation. Oh my god, John! <laughs> Every time. What do you guys oh, think of whack versus wisdom, uh, Justin and Broder? I didn't do it. I think What's let's up? do it. That's all I gotta say. All right, here we, we go. fast forward this. But this is little. Can't wait. I'm I'm gonna get. There we go. <laughs> Can you guys hear it? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty loud, actually, if you turn it down just a smidge. Wait, how about now? Is it better? Yeah. Real blue face Saudi, man. Real life blue face Saudi on you, man. First rap video to have a Dodge Dart in it. Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 Kimmy on the block, block, baby, block, baby, what? Kimmy on the block, block, baby. Bitch. Uh, 32 shot, glock, baby, glock, baby, what? 32 shot, glock, baby. All right, so we're 20 seconds in. There's been a total of two different words. All right, well, let's see how this lines up against uh, what John's about I mean, to mean, <laughs> straight up, just like my first comment for those that can't see the, uh, basically, if you've ever seen a gun safety video, this is the antithesis of that. I mean, there were so many guns pointed at the fucking cameraman. It was ridiculous. And not only that, wow. there was like children there. <laughs> Pause this. That was crazy. Pause this. Dude, yeah. I'm a prophet. Sniper. Sniper. Dude, I literally. You sniped it. Yeah. Dude, I sniped that. Yeah. yeah. Just so everyone has, just so everyone who's not listening. Okay. This is us actually now talking, like, you know, in the, in the new <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> This guy in this video shot his cameraman. Killed so, him. Killed him. He's now in jail. $500,000 so bond. So if any rappers want to hire me for my consulting services, I, I, am, I, I will not charge very much. And I will <laughs> consult on your videos and I will protect you, okay, from, from nonsensical arrangements such as shooting your cameraman. Oh. You start, I'm going to start... We started at yeah. <laughs> Pretty insane. So we, we read through the lyrics and then Oh yeah, you can see my feet. Yeah, it's yeah, Austin and I trying to focus here. Yeah, this yeah. song will be around for a hundred years, I'm I'm very sure. Well, this is a sixth edition. <laughs> There's gonna be There's gonna be okay, seven ready? remixes. Let's run it, let's run it, let's hear this. Whack or <laughs> relation to the I can't even say this. Relation, 
Relation of the future to investment and speculation. It may be said with some approximation to the truth that investment is grounded on the past, whereas speculation looks primarily to the future. But this statement is far from complete. Both investment and speculation must meet the test of the future. They are subject to the vicissitudes and are judged by its verdict. But what we have said about the analyst and the future applies equally well to the concept of investment. For investment, the future essentially is something to be guarded against rather than to be profited from. If the future brings improvement, so much the better. But investment as such cannot be founded in any important degree upon the expectation of improvement. Speculation, on the other hand, may always properly and often soundly derive its basis and justification from proper, or sorry, from prospective developments that differ from past performance. Yeah, that like destroys all cryptocurrency markets. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that's insane. So yeah, now we're, we're back talking again, current, current live podcast. That's <laughs> oh hilarious. God, that hilarious. So I'm going to, I'm going to give Benjamin Graham and David L. Dodd the, the W there over a little loaded and I just can't Choppa, get over my We have one dislike. The fact that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. who would dislike this video? <laughs> That's 28 views. Well, That's 28 do you, views. Do you know, do you know who like, disliked it? Dislike. I think they have YouTube access. Little loaded. I was gonna say I think they have YouTube access in prison, and, and he, you know. <laughs> Imagine little loaded listening to this. Oh man. But like, I would love to see how this shows up. If only little loaded had hired you know John Morgan Gun Consulting Services before, you know before. Uh, shooting that video we should get somebody uh if anybody's uh well versed in google seo i think it would actually be worthwhile I'm, I'm well to versed. get them to do uh to, to tag all of our videos so optimize it for search results so that if somebody searches for a little loaded it's like on the first page or something yeah little load shoots his yeah little load blows his load on his cameraman you know <laughs> okay relax a man died john a man died <laughs> Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, what happens if we Google Lil Loaded? Lil Let's Loaded see. doesn't listen to John Morgan and shoots cameraman. Lil Loaded news. Uh, yeah, Lil Loaded speaks out after murder arrest. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas Lafford, Lil Loaded arrested for murder. Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, so he speaks out. What do you think he says? Do you think he quotes Benjamin? He says, <laughs> what does he say? He's like, in hindsight, maybe we should have had kids and guns on the set. I appreciate all y'all's support. <laughs> that's, that's his quote. They try to make you look guilty when you innocent regardless. We're going to get past this. Rip my brother, love you. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Okay, well, there you go. There we have it. There we have it. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's been the weekly call. (laughs) It has been the weekly call. All right, see you guys next week. Enunciate. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, dude. (laughs) Okay, bye-bye. Bye.
All right. Hey, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.